From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, eye stent results in clinical practice. What I can say is that there is a learning curve with this device. First this. If time and money were no object, you'd probably go to a lot of meetings. Not just ASCRS, but ESCRS, APACRS, AAO, Hawaiian Eye, and Winter Update, and you'd learn a ton. But money is an issue, and time an even bigger one. That's why I go to all of those meetings for you, speak with the presenters you'd like best, and get them to distill their talks down to just a few minutes. You can see all of these interviews at no cost at the iWorld Replay website. Just go to ewreplay.org, E-W-R-E-P-L-A-Y.org, and enjoy. I think MIGS has great promise as a therapeutic avenue for comprehensive cataract surgeons. The techniques and devices are low-risk and seem to provide substantial benefit. Clinical trials have been useful for establishing efficacy, but the study populations are often not representative of clinical practice in which patients present with multiple diagnoses and other confounding conditions. That's why I'm happy to speak with Tobias Neuhan today, who published results of eye stent use in a more typical practice population. I'm aware that that most of the audience is well acquainted what a, a trabecular meshwork bypass stent is, what, what an eye stent is. But for those few people who have not heard of it or have not seen one, can I get you to describe the eye stent, both in terms of its design and in terms of the way that it functions anatomically? Uh, first of all, thank you for the invitation uh, to talk about the, the eye stent. And the, the eye stent is a, is a stent. As we know, these the stents from heart diseases or other diseases and this eye stand is made from ferromagnetic titanium, which is coated with heparin. And this stand is uh, made to connect the anterior chamber fluid with the Schlem's canal to ease or um, to enhance the outflow for um, eye pressure reducing. The, the eye stand is, um, let's say, approximately one millimeter long and wide about 0.3 millimeter and I think it's currently the smallest device ever approved by the FDA. Yeah, I um, I I believe that that that's true too. And this is a a device that is within a larger category of surgeries called MIGS or uh, minimally invasive glaucoma surgery. And uh, it's implanted uh, during cataract surgery, typically towards the uh, end of cataract surgery, uh, while the viscoelastic agent still in the in the eye, and it's inserted through um, through the main wound uh, into the uh, nasal um, uh, angle, and uh, yeah, through with a with a device. Um, What what was the question, Tobias, that that your study sought to answer? Um, okay, the, the main um, uh, purpose was uh, 
to implant a single eye stand through the same incision as you mentioned, uh, used for the, the same incision used for cataract surgery, in a consecutive series of um, 62 eyes of 43 subjects. That was the main purpose. And uh, we wanted to know if the pressure reducing, which we normally see only with um, facial emulsification, will last longer with the eye stand than without eye stand. And to be clear, the, 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 the distinguishing factor in, in your study that separated your study from the FDA clinical trials um, was the, the demographics of the, the cohort that you studied. Can I get you to describe the, the demographics uh, of your study population and whether they had had uh, prior glaucoma surgery and what sorts of, of glaucoma they came in with? We did not qualify subjects um, based on specific inclusions or exclusion criteria. So consequently, the population we studied in this series was representative of a clinician's uh, real-world experience with a typical uh, patient group. In 39 eyes followed, or we followed uh, 39 eyes through uh, three years. And all these patients which um, we did the surgery was, um, or the decision to implant the ice and was based on the wish of the patient to reduce or possibly um, eliminate the burden of topical glaucoma medications and also the intention to offer a surgical treatment for glaucoma with the lowest possible risk. And some of these patients had uh, primary open angle glaucoma. Some of these patients uh, had pseudo exfoliation too, is that correct? Yeah. Um, we, we, did, we wanted to try to, to um, compare um, open angle glaucoma and pseudo exfoliation glaucoma that for this, the numbers were too small to really um, to compare and to find significant um, results. And therefore, we, we took both in this study. So the open angle and the pseudo-exhalation glaucoma patient. The, the only impression we had in some of the pseudo-exhalation patients and never in the open angle glaucoma patient is that after the surgery in, in pseudo-exhalation patients, um, some patients had um, pressure rise. So they went after the surgery to 25 to 28 to 30, 35. And so we really were surprised that the pressure raised after the surgery, after a perfect surgery. And then we saw in all these patients that the pressure rise peak also um, went down um, two or three weeks later. So in some PACS patients, um, it took a little bit longer to normalize um, the ocular pressure. And what were your findings in your whole study population, both in terms of the reduction and in terms of the durability of the effect uh, over time with the Einstein? Yeah, that, that, that was the main question. Thank you for this, this question, because... Um, in, in these nearly 40 eyes, which we followed through three years, meanwhile we have five years follow-up, the mean um, intraocular pressure at the three years was 
millimeter mercury compared to a mean preoperative IOP to 23.4, which is really significantly. And in the same 39 eyes, the mean number of glaucoma medications used three years following the surgery declined to 0.3 compared to a mean um, medication of 1.9 um, before the surgery. So what we observed was really no operative complications occurred during the cataract surgery or during the Iceland implantation. And over um, the three years follow-up period, five secondary surgeries and two postoperative ocular sequelae and two non-ocular adverse events were reported. What adverse events were observed over the the duration of the study that might have been related uh, to the eye stent? That uh, we did the surgery and nothing happened, and, and we couldn't control the the, the the glaucoma. Yeah. So these these two patients, we had to do additional um, glaucoma surgery. So what what one could criticize in that moment is that the um, indication um, to to operate glaucoma in these patients was wrong. And this is also, let's say, a little result of, 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 of the study was to find the right um, indication for the eye stand. So not every glaucoma can be um, cured with the eye stand, but many of them. And so these two patients, we tried to reduce the, 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 um, the glaucoma with the eye stand, but uh, we were not lucky. Now, for me, uh, the, 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 the really interesting factor of this, this study, since there have been uh, multi-center multi studies dealing with the, with the eye stand, is that your study population is much more representative of that of a comprehensive ophthalmology practice it's much more representative of of the patients who are coming into into my practice uh, for whom i am I'm, I'm 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 putting this device in um so the 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 bottom line question is how do your results both in terms of uh of intraocular pressure and in terms of adverse events compare with those of uh, prior ISTEN studies. Yeah, it's it's good to hear that um, in New York you have the same <laughs> problems with, with glaucoma and cataract than we have here in in Germany. But I think all ISTEN studies show a positive effect of the device, basically. So indication and surgical technique differ from each study because it's new and, and we all tried a little bit to um, maintain um, the device. And what I can say is that there is a learning curve with this device. In the beginning of, of um, the study, we did that, what we learned from, from the company and our colleagues, and to start a combined surgery, so cataract and glaucoma surgery, to start with the eye stand. And 
when when you do a lot of ice, then sometimes you can um, also have um, some troubles in cataract surgery. And then if a cataract surgery becomes complicated and you have to do after a complicated cataract surgery an eyestand um, surgery, so also the eyestand surgery can become very difficult. And so what I have to learn just from the technique um, eyestand and cataract is I now start um, with the eyes with a glaucoma surgery. So when I intend to do a combined surgery, glaucoma and cataract, I start with the eyestand surgery, which is so much easier to do. It is easier because um, the cornea is crystal clear or is non-touched non through the uh, cataract surgery. The second thing is um, when you implant an eye stand, um, you have to, to visualize the Schlems canal. And this is a little trick that we um, massage the, the um, collected channels from outside in the beginning of the surgery. So to bring the, the venous blood back to the Flemish canal. And so we, we have a beautiful colorization of Flemish canal. And then you inject um, the eye stand. And if your eye stand is perfect in, in Schlems canal, you, you see a bleeding. Bleeding is a positive um, effect of the um, implantation. If you do that at the end of the surgery, so you have perhaps the next day a little hyphema and the patient is not really happy because he, ha he has blurry vision. If you start with the eye stem surgery in, in the combined um, surgery, so the bleeding also happens that will um, disappear because now you, you start with the cataract surgery and bleeding will mainly have stopped when you finish the cataract surgery. And the last advantage is um, the, the washout of viscoelastic. It perhaps, perhaps could happen, but you can't see it, and you can't control it, that some viscoelastic is in the eye stand and it takes a little bit time um, that it comes out of, of the, the stand. And this we discussed could perhaps in, in, in patients with a tax glaucoma, what, what I mentioned that they have a pressure peak after the surgery, that it could also um, be an induced glaucoma because the eye was blocked by, by viscoelastic. And this we also don't see because if this would happen and we, we start now with the surgery of the eye stand, the washout with um, a lot of, of, of BSS through the stent goes on through the whole cataract surgery. And therefore, I think um, over the time, most of the surgeons will, um, in the, in, in, after a learning curve, perhaps start with the eye stent surgery and then um, um, start the echomosification. This is also, let's say, a little result of, of the study. Tobias, the, these are really these are really great pearls. Um, I, I am uh, still have been still putting the 
the Eistensen at the at the end of the case. And as you mentioned, I had a case recently where there was sufficient epitheliopathy by the by the end of the uh, case that with the with the gonio lens, my my view of the of the angle was really very compromised. And although I have not had a patient with a hyphema, something frankly layering out on 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 post update one, it it is aggravating sometimes seeing that that little bit of, of blood cir- circulating around when you've done an absolutely perfect case one of the the points um that 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 is made though is is that the the angle tends to be more open at the at the end of the case than at the at the start of the case so you may have a little bit better better access although as you say poor view at the at the end of the case than you do at the start I don't think so, because, you know, um, what we'd all use is um, um, viscoelastic. And and my little tricks, oh, I, I now tell you all my tricks. Uh, Please. <laughs> what I start is, with is with um, um, high viscoelastic agent like the high five, uh, Helon, Helon 5. Helon 5 is beautiful, because you can start with that. Um, you have even if you just pressure and put a little bit of pressure on the cornea, you have no folds, and and you open the angle with this with Helon five perfectly, and um, this is something I, I really like, and I also use the Helon five between the um, gonio and the cornea, and we all have learned to use um, HPMC uh, between. Gonio and, and, and cornea, which is good in, in the office. But when you, you are in the surgery room, um, any viscoelastic substance is superior and gives you superior view between gonio and cornea than HPMC. And so, um, these, you know, it's just little, little tricks, but um, you love it. When you, you have a beautiful view in the angle and you really can identify, um, Schlem's canal. And when you enlarge your magnification in, in the, um, microscope, you really don't lose, um, this, uh, vision or quality of vision. And all these little tricks and, and changing and, and start in the beginning and use visco uh, between gonia and cornea. Is something which enhance basically your final result, and the patient loves it because he has no blurry vision the next day. And I really love to hear <laughs> that you have in New York <laughs> the same problems. Yes, we the have. same issues, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. But they, they, these are really, really great pearls. Tobias, I, 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 I liked the uh, study very, very much. I've absolutely loved this conversation. Afterwards, because I know that there are things that, that I'm now going to take home from, from this. Tobias, I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time with me today. And thank you for the invitation and, and the beautiful um, question for that. Thank you, Josh. Tobias Neuhan comes to us from Munich, Germany. His paper, Trabecular Microbypass Stent Implantation During Small Incision Cataract Surgery for Open Angle Glaucoma or Ocular Hypertension, long-term results, appears in the December 2015 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. 
ask questions of Dr. Noihan or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.